Hello, folks. This is the Samurai Who Talks podcast with me, the Samurai Who, talking to you. We have a fun uh, show today, folks. At least we're going to try, and we'll see how it goes. So, I hope you're having a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, midnight, uh, twilight, dusk, wherever you are. And... Let's get rolling. So, one of the things that I've been watching a lot of is, for the past few years, is learning about history. You know, the whole, uh, there's plenty of content about World War Two and whatnot. Now there's content about World, uh, Cold War. There's, you know, weapon shows. Uh, firearms, uh, tanks, conflict. I even learned about the Bush War, the Rhodesian War. Uh, but uh, all of these are unfortunate in my view. Like it tells stories of heroism for some and of depravity for others. And it simply goes down to the conclusion that uh, violence is never the answer. I mean, all of us have probably seen clips of seen clips of fights on uh, Reddit, Twitter, whatnot. We love those epic fights in films and a- animation and games and stories, right? But we never really think about what it means to be in a fight. Uh, at least for some of us, I've never been in a, uh, physical altercation, uh, which I'd say would be lucky, uh, because I am a wimp. Uh, maybe at some point I'll be getting some more, uh, martial arts training, but remember, number one rule of martial arts is, uh, to avoid fighting. Diplomacy is the answer, the first, first step to peaceful resolution and running away is number two you know they call you a wuss but you know at the end of the day people both parties walk away scot-free pride may be hurt ego may be shattered but all in all two people or groups of people walk away unscathed at least physically Pride is a a very potent thing. But the third the third step is the most dreadful. That's when they got you cornered. That's when you no longer become man. You are a beast. You must fight for survival. Only then do you actually bring out your will. You must steal yourself. In most cases. In most stories, the hero takes the the most interesting, the most, I guess, reality-shattering choice. You know, because whereas in reality, we would walk away. Because, honestly, why would you fight someone, go to jail, even though you were the one who was wronged? 
Violence is not the answer generally, but sometimes it's the convenient one, and sometimes it is the only one at times. But if it's the only one, you know you effed up somewhere, man. Or a lady. You know? If you hit someone, be prepared for retaliation. And they are in their right to self-defense. Okay, not overwhelming self-defense. You know, like, you know, guy brings a sword to a gunfight, you know. No Indiana Jones thing, you know. Like, he, Indy would have gone, uh, gotten into a lot of trouble, I, I think, at least according to Legal Eagle. And, uh, you know, but he's the hero of the story, you know. Oh, well. But uh, life, life isn't like the stories, you know, not like the films. And if I've learned anything uh, about all these conflicts, uh, a lot of them unfortunate. You know, like in uh, World War One, the U.S. was very, very anti-war. There, there was no military-industrial complex, really. It was suppressed. It was uh, mitigated. There wasn't anything like mechanized uh, production for weapons and stuff like that. The U.S. really won World War II, the one after it, because we outproduced the enemy. You know, it was it was a production war. Now, were we in the wrong for fighting? No. But we waited until we got struck to join it. You see, in both conflicts, American people were very anti-war. Because violence wasn't considered the answer. In addition, it was like saying... Why are we going to someone else's backyard to mess with them? Well, turns out, you know, we we chose the right right path, but history could have changed differently. In many ways, we unfortunately didn't learn from that experience, you know. And, of course, this is when a system consists of more than one person, more than one vision, the whole thing becomes infinitely more complex, or at least exponentially more complex. And when you throw violence into that mix, uh, it becomes quite an epic struggle to even do the right thing. And even though you work very hard to do the right thing, things just don't work. You know? You try, you try, you try, and things just fall apart because nature of violence is destruction. But from it can birth birth new amazing things, but at heavy cost. 
And now I'm not going to say I'm an anti-war, pro-war type of guy. I'm not a hawk or a, uh, you know, I prefer peace. But sometimes anti-war can be violent even, which is kind of an oxymoron or, no, a, what's it called, contradiction? My literary devices are lacking right now. Anti-war films, you know, like, choosing to say something's anti-war just to be anti-war is kind of, kind of missing, missing the key point, right? The key motivation, the premise of the story. The premise, the, your, your convincing argument. Because, for example, Gundam, uh, I recall watching a couple, I didn't watch the original yet, maybe some other time, uh, is a uh, anti-war franchise. It got commercialized, obviously, but at the crux of it is anti-war because it comes this like endless cycle, you know? One time you're the enemy, one time you're the friend, quote-unquote friend, quote-unquote enemy. Things are complicated. There's friendly fire. There's, you know, even violence when it comes in the form of just oral um, uh, argumentation or anything like that. It hurts, you know. the The point of violence is to inflict damage. And I am an offender of inflicting damage on myself, you know. In these times, it's easy to commit self-harm. I've n- never done uh, physical self-harm, but through my actions, even through uh, diet, lack of sleep, uh, you know, various addictions, you know, we destroy ourselves. We become violent against ourselves. But to survive is to exist in this world of violence, right? Because when you're, even if you go vegan, right? Existence requires destruction. But from destruction, you get you get growth. You get creation. And I think there was a, a phrase that I heard. The opposite of death isn't life. The opposite of death is birth. Death is an instant. This moment. You can say it's a period, but that would be the wasting period if you're unfortunate enough. Um, whereas there's the instantaneous moment between being on and being off and just like that there's the moment where you're birthed into this world where you get turned on you and get get your mind out of the rudder the gutter the but yeah it's you see Oh, 
not not everyone sees, but um, just just to be inclusive. Some of us see in different ways, and that moment between you being just something into someone is birth. Birth and death are the beginning and end of the cycle of life. But life goes on after your death, as long as there's something still living, right? Life is kind of like this. This is hair brain. I understand. Life is just existence. As long as there's something to understand itself, to recognize itself as an entity, rather than being an object, you know, an entity, an agent, one who acts, and not simply something acted upon as in an object, um, there's life. Even if there's this giant gap, like imagine, like if all life was wiped off the earth, and then in a billion years, life comes back through some miracle again, and they discover. Like um, I didn't play Mass Effect, but I remember the ending of Mass Effect Three. Uh, hearing about it, it's like this endless cycle of getting wiped and. Uh, the cycle coming back. And basically the beings that came before left these artifacts for the ones who would come after to discover and understand their stories, their struggle, and their um, their joys, their sorrows, and that they existed. But in order to survive... Unless you're a plant, maybe. And even then, plants fight, right? Fight for survival against nature, against the environment, against... Because even if... Because you are a human, I assume. Hello, uh, robot overlords and uh, alien visitors. And lizardmen. Of course, lizard men and women, I guess. We, we require sustenance until the day when we have a pill to get us to 100% daily nutritional um, uh, requirements, you know, like uh, you need a certain amount of uh, carbs proteins, you know, amino acids to build yourself, carbs to give you energy, you know, that that ATP, uh, the mitochondria, you know, and then, you know, you need fat because, you know, what happens when this system of pill construction falls apart, like everything, no system lasts forever. Even if forever is an eternity, no system lasts forever. No, what happens after the Big Bang is the Big Crush? Maybe. 
We'll never see it. I, I at least I won't. I mean, I saw it in a game, I think called Solaris or something like that, where you play as a planet thing. Where you start off at, after the Big Bang and you end with the Big Crunch. But it's just, uh, even if these scientists are correct, their hard work is worth it to them. But, you know... The universe started off, if you believe in it, very violently. Started from this emptiness, basically. This highly condensed. Maybe I need to watch some more Star Talk. But this highly condensed thing, and it expanded. And I think it keeps expanding. Until one day it compresses violently as time goes on. But maybe violence is the answer in some cases. But as us people in society, what we determine as violence and what we determine as necessary are individual and sometimes unfortunate. Whereas a person who doesn't, who supports animal rights might be saying killing animals is wrong. But when animals kill animals, it's okay. But we're animals who kill animals. I think the difference for me is I support things like hunting, even though I haven't been on a hunt. I support fishing, even if I haven't fished much in my life. I support it when I've been watching a lot of Meat Eater recently. And working for your food, I think, is critical. You know, hunting bear, hunting mountain lion, hunting deer... Instead of trapping them, baiting them, well, I mean, trapping is a, a practice in itself, a very, very difficult practice. But when you bait them and then you shoot them, instead of being ingrained in the wilderness, even though it's very hard, rugged, and risky, putting your skin in the game makes the violence palatable, makes it connect with our heritage, our traditions, and shows the value of life. Then we can appreciate each meal, appreciate the hunt, appreciate the sacrifice, and understand that this violence was well, well implemented and the rewards earned. Now, do I motivate everyone to go out hunting? Uh, no. Not. People should try to experience the, the highs and lows of working hard for your meal. 
you know, when you grow that one tomato plant from, you know, a small um, seedling or whatever you get from a gardener's store uh, into these kind of bizarre looking fruits, not picturesque, not magazine cover worthy, but edible and yours. You water it frequently, you tend to it carefully, you care for it like it was a part of you. Rather than something like industrialized farming, and I have nothing against industrialized farming in an ethical way. But what it means to be ethical is something I don't understand. Because I'm not in that industry. I'm not in the food prep, not in the food logistic. I don't know that industry. And saying that I support it ethically, only ethically, producing food doesn't mean much. Because I don't even understand it myself. Is it people, treating people right, paying them right? Yes. Is it killing the animals in a reasonable way? I know that there's um, a way to do it with... I'm not too familiar. And I'm just talking out of my um, behind here. But, like, producing meat that's halal or kosher, you know, killing the animal in a specific way, is not a uh, very industrial or mechanized friendly way of producing meat but it's very important that we understand and embrace that violence is part of what keeps us alive and even if we call it necessary, at the end of the day, it's destruction for construction. And this seeming paradox, this compromise of seeming morality or ethics for us to exist. You know, and that's the case for many people, you know, from you and me to people who fight wars, people who are called heroes and villains. It, We don't understand violence necessarily from everyone's perspective. And for some, it's part of life, and for others... Is something that's gruesome, distasteful, and seemingly unnecessary. You know, I think I heard from Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, segment on Star Talk about why is why is this animal protected and why not the other one? Is it the cuteness factor? Is it the you know this one's a mammal and this one's a fish? You know, with the I believe the dolphin conservation versus like tuna conservation why do we feed these animals other animals for them to 
survive. Are we playing God? Oh no. We're playing our role in nature to sustain something that is unsustainable for some reason. Be it scientific, entertainment, or otherwise. In many ways, violence is normalized. But I think we have this curious association with violence and media. And I mean... I, I learn about certain violent acts through media. You know, it wouldn't have occurred to me to do certain violent acts like in certain video games. But to me, they were stories. They were fiction. And even if they were real, they were distant. They were separate from me. They weren't something that I would ever imagine doing. And the cross... The intersection between that and mental illness and uh, you know certain elements of people who are built differently, you know, clout chasing, the egotistical, narcissistic. I, you know, many of us have parts of these aspects within ourselves and at times they come out but most of us are not violent people and in many ways we try to avoid violence because in the end that's the last resort and for some that is their incentive be it arms dealers, warmongers, and military-industrial complex folks. And I'm bothered by these folks and their practices, especially their uh, ingrainment in culture, government, and education. And their ten rules in media. But I know there are good people amongst them. You try to do the right thing. Who have the right intentions. But poor implementation. And are surrounded by an environment. That puts the dollar before the person. But these people... These people keep going, and then there are people who are their foes, people who are anti-war, the people who protest, the people who support support the fighters, the warriors, who are the healers. These people don't quit. And that brings me to a little uh, aside, or maybe it's a new branch 
that will follow. Which is, I heard uh, the podcast from uh, Joe Rogan. Yes, I'm talking about podcasts within a podcast. Oh, yeah. But I really enjoyed the section where Joe and uh, Lex Friedman, so Joe Rogan and Lex Friedman, discuss not quitting. Or not quitting. I don't know why I pronounce it strangely, but I digress. I think... For most of my life, I ended up quitting things that I wanted to do. I got distracted. And when I tried to hop back on the quote-unquote routine, the rituals, things kept falling apart. And I just didn't push forward. Or maybe I pushed too hard and burned out. And things got in the way and I just let them slip. interesting hearing Lex's story and how he just basically said whatever I'm doing I'm not quitting you know there's a limit to everything but say I'm just discovering things well you discovered you didn't like it and now you've you're finished you're not quitting you're you completed that side quest you know And in my life, I've quit far too many things. I put myself... I've had too high of expectations expectations for myself and people around me. And I think that by making something out of myself and just choosing not to quit, saying quitting is not the op- an option, quitting is not an option, that... I push through, I learn, I record, I I improve, I adjust. Adjust and improve are not mutually exclusive or sequential. And I move on. Because I'm the type of guy who has a million projects all at once and never gets anything done. And that's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. If I pick, if I could choose to focus, I wish. If I could just focus on one thing, I'm still trying to figure out what that one thing is, because I love music, I love art, I love engineering. I like science here and there. You know, I I love technology, but but how is that? Which one would I pick? And even in each of these, it's like, okay, there's music, and you can learn how to sing. You can learn how to play piano. You can learn how to write music, compose music, uh, write lyrics, understand theory, uh, get really good at rhythm. And even in art, there's, okay, so you want to draw traditional, you want to draw this or that, uh, you know, landscapes uh, you can paint you can do 3d modeling and even then that you have rigging you have animation you have texturing you have writing 
comics, graphic novels, you know, you comedy, fantasy, nonfiction, you know, engineering. You have electronics. You have machining. You have programming. All it becomes infinite, and even in like something like programming, you have AI, and even in AI, it just keeps branching out infinite. It's like you have to pick and choose. You can't keep up with the 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 Joneses in everything. The world keeps moving, and things get better. Sometimes it feels like they're getting worse, but in general, things get better. Things get more cooperative, collaborative, and empathy is built over time. Trust is built. And something like the EU, even though it has this dysfunctions, violence between countries in Europe declined. There haven't been, it's a miracle, right? And uh, in the US, right? States haven't been at war with each other for over 100 years. I think over time we'll understand that people across the world are just like us. And if we keep going on this path of understanding, of building relationships, trust, things get more efficient. They get stronger, these bonds, these ties, these relationships. And our weaknesses become less and less of a hindrance to us. If we keep going on the path we're going, we choose our fights, we follow things like the art of war in some instances, pick your fights and pick them well. And know, know when to say, I'm done. It's not quitting, it's completing. Because you've gained experience you understand that going forward might not be what you need to do. Because it's not about want necessarily. It's about something that turning that want into a need. It becomes, it becomes integral to who you are. So even though we are born through violence, into violence grow from violence we are made to create not destroy and keep at it folks there's no sense in quitting if you're not, if you're not sure keep trying cuz until the end of your days and the end of mine at least uh I'll still be trying to figure out what I'm what I'm trying to do. I think my aim is just to tell stories, no matter what the medium is. And hopefully uh, I'll get better at it through practice. And maybe you'll find something you'll love through discovery, practice, attempts. And you'll keep at it. And I hope you have a wonderful day and have a wonderful 
time doing whatever you love. Hope you keep at it. And uh, I'm gonna add a little segment that I, little segment that I usually don't. Um, new segment. Uh, so I've been listening to I've listened to them a lot while, but um, might recommend uh, Uplift Spice. It's a Japanese band. Um, they're on Spotify. And they've got some some tracks that I like. They have an album. One of my favorite songs from them is Omega Rhythm. Some spicy stuff. I don't understand Japanese, but I like music. It just sounds dope to me. Anyways. I'll leave you with that. And I'll see you next time, folks. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, night, wherever you are, and have a good one. See ya.